Hello, sisters, and hello, listeners. Welcome back to another week, another episode of the Dare to Try podcast. How are you guys doing? So good. Phenomenal. I love it. Good two weeks. I missed you guys. It has been two weeks. Plenty of time to get lots of spring cleaning done. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So um, this last week, I had a chance to travel to Salt Lake and to Idaho. I actually got to see a couple of you in person. A couple of you. <laughs> There's only a couple of us here. All of you is the same as a couple of you in this instance. <laughs> <laughs> so so nice to be able to see some family and it always adds perspective and, you know, a chaotic time in life when you can spend quality time with those you love. So I encourage everyone to do that. Make sure that you find time with your loved ones. Absolutely. I agree with that. It was good to see you and it was fun and my kids loved you and yeah, it was really good. And I'm glad we had two weeks to spring clean because I think I needed it. Yeah. I was a little uh, intimidated by my bathroom. I have pictures. I have not posted them yet. They're a bit embarrassing. Before and after. I was going to do that too. Well, um, talk about spring cleaning. You know, Annika, you got, you had two weeks to get going. So as a reminder, um, I'll throw it out to the team, to the team, to our listeners, to the tribe. Do you spring clean? This week, we dare you to spring clean your life. Start with the physical, then move on to the digital and emotional clutter. Before I throw it back out to you, Annika, do you feel lighter today? Do you feel more agile or more free after doing your cleaning? I wouldn't say more agile because I feel like agile is like flexible, but... (laughs) What, you're not more flexible after cleaning? (laughs) Um, but I feel more calm because dirtiness and clutter, um, brings more anxiety because it's more things to distract me and to think about because our brain is always processing. And even if we're not aware, we're still aware that there's dust and and gunk all around. And so I feel just more calm and happier and yes, lighter for sure. I love that. So what did you clean? Yeah. So if you guys listened to the last episode, I gave a secret that I'm a very clean, like organized person, but my purse is not. And so that was the first thing I did. I was so excited. I spent the Sunday after we recorded the podcast, I actually brought out all my purses, which I don't have that many. I think I have four. I have like a work bag, And then like three different purses, one in which I forgot about, and I dumped it all out. And it was like a Mary Poppins bag. Like I was so surprised how much fit in there because the pile was huge. Like, and I was sorting and I was getting rid of stuff and there was like gross um, gum, you know, like when you leave gum in your purse and it like comes out of the wrapper and there's like little pieces of gum everywhere. So clean it all out. And how many chapsticks, how many lip glosses? Oh yes. Uh, four or five chapsticks, like <laughs> 10 pens, lots of business cards in different places, 
spare change, some cough drops, band-aids. So I just disperse them evenly between the purses because then I don't have to switch like, well, I'm going to use this purse today, so I'm going to get this chapstick. So I just put a chapstick in each purse so it's always ready, a pen in each purse so it's always ready. So the only thing that I need to switch, if I switch, which is not often, is my wallet and my uh, notebook and maybe like one, my phone, but I have that with me all the time. So yeah, so it was really good and actually took me like an hour and a half just to do my purse because there was just so much junk and I was really thinking through each thing. So I was, I, I could have completed the challenge with that because I was so stoked about it. And I just, my bags were lighter and I felt really good about it. Um, but I did it a lot, actually. I dusted baseboards and picture frames because how often do we do that? I mean, I do it every Tuesday. I don't know about you. <laughs> so like the top of picture frames, like you don't think to th do that because you often don't see them. But I was like dusting all of it and the top of our DVD player and like our speakers were getting dusty. I did um, the bathroom and the kitchen. What was also helpful was that we're running um, Dan's health coaching business out of our home and we wanted to make sure it was also ready for clients so this dare was perfect it came at the exact right time because I deep cleaned the kitchen and the bathroom and it felt so good and I actually wanted to hang out in the house versus wanting to leave the house because it was gross and I didn't want to deal with it so yeah it was it was really good and then I I also cleaned so my before you move yeah. on to that so you talked about how you actually enjoyed spending quality time in your house like there isn't an energetic shift that you felt? Yeah, absolutely. I, it's especially vacuuming and cleaning, like even things that you don't see, like behind the toilet, like on the ground, like way back there. That's really oh no, hard. we, we don't go behind there. We don't, <laughs> we don't go behind the toilet. Right. And especially when you have a little boy who's uses the potty, like things get all over the place. And so like, I, it would probably be scary to have like a black light in my bathroom when you have a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> probably just pee spattered everywhere but I cleaned everything I cleaned the walls I cleaned the door the the light switches the handles so like deep cleaned everything and it just it felt so good and I wasn't worried about clients going to the bathroom I love that and so do you feel like you've also uh cleaned yourself you know emotionally spiritually was there any new like practices were there any relationships that you had to get rid of was there any additional spring cleaning that you were able to do on top of the physical obviously it helps the energetic yeah and there were other things I did too like I cleaned my desk at work and reorganized and that just alone when you clean physically that helps emotionally like I said you feel lighter and I think you're more present because you're not so distracted and being pulled away whether you're aware of it or not but yes I did notice that I was having more negative thoughts than I wanted. And so I was thinking about this. I didn't have any relationships that I needed to spring clean. I didn't need to cut anybody out at this time. I think I've pretty narrowed it down already, but I wanted to deep clean my thoughts. Mm. And I was thinking when, when I'm in a lot of stress, I tend to blame the people closest to me which is my husband, because I see him every day. It's so like everything's his fault. And every husband or significant other 
would say this, like, everything's my fault. I remember dad saying, everything's my fault. And it's not true, <laughs> but for some reason, it's just this thing that we do. And so I wanted to shift my perception and I wanted to paint a better picture of my husband. Cause sometimes I think I might complain a little bit to other people and not wanting to paint him in a negative light because he's a really good person and he's working really hard and he's fulfilling his mission. And so I had to come up with a game plan because my go-to nature is just to blame and complain. So I instead came up with two questions that I ask myself every day. And it's what are three things that Dan does to make you smile? And so I, and when I start going into that blame and complain uh, stage, then I'll start thinking, okay, what are the things that make me smile? And they can be the same thing every day or something different every day, but I'm going to list them off and I'm going to do it also preemptively too. So to prevent blaming and complaining, I'm going to start my day. What are three things that make me smile about Dan? And then the second question is, how do I want to show up today in work and in marriage? Because when blaming and complaining, you're not taking ownership. So for one, I'm putting him in a poor light. And for two, I'm not taking ownership. So both of these things help paint him in a better picture, what's helped me feel better about him because he is great. And then also taking ownership of how I am going to act and what kind of person I'm going to be. Instead of putting it all on him that he needs to change, I'm going to focus on, well, how am I going to show up today? What type of person do I want to be? And part of that is smiling more. If you watch Lewis Howes in his podcast, he's always smiling and so infectious. And I want people to see me as a smiley, positive person, which I feel like they used to. And I want to bring that back in. And so, yeah, I did. I cleaned up my thoughts and I have a game plan now moving forward. And it, it also was helping me to figure out, and I have so much, I could talk the whole time, but I don't want to do that to you guys. But the other thing was um, cutting out distractions because I was being distracted with so many things that were pulling me away from my personal mission in life. And I'm still fine tuning what my personal mission is, but every time I was distracted with a TikTok or a show or an article or a, a text message conversation that wasn't serving me, I would ask, does this go into my mission? Does this play a part in what I'm supposed to be doing here? If not, then it's wasting my time and I stopped doing it. So it's been, it's been a really good week. Oh my gosh. We can stop the podcast right here. Mic drop. Annika Wilder killed it. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Uh, so much, so much meat and potatoes in that. I, I am so impressed with how you took this dare as not just a challenge, but an opportunity, an opportunity to create the change that you want to see in your life in every aspect. And now you have a more intentional practice and a more, um, purposeful presence. I, I'm just so impressed with you, Annika, and I, I shouldn't have let you go first. I should have gone first. <laughs> Isn't that how it goes every single week? She always ha- brings the meat and potatoes. Just <laughs> oh, no. But I do like, I do take these challenges seriously and it really does get me thinking and I'm at the point in my life where I don't want to just binge watch movies and TV shows anymore. I just, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. I'm becoming obsessed with self-improvement and I want to 
be the best at something like I want to feel good and accomplish things and, and serve people so this was really good for me to help narrow down what it is that I'm doing and what I need to cut out and clean up so I'm really grateful for that so we can't have a dare where we're binge watching tv shows I hope sounds not. like we need it she's not watching enough tv <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless it's like a, a docu-series or something. <laughs> That's five hours long. Yeah, like I would binge watch Joe Dispenza series. Like if you guys haven't seen that, that, that's a good one. Sometimes we need a little downtime and it's nice to get your shows and, and movies, but I think that's, you're absolutely right, is where are you spending your time? How are you creating your life? And not only that, but what are you downloading? You know, it's fun to binge watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. That is fun. But what does that add to your life? And what are you gaining that you can then give to other people besides a bunch of gossip? Yeah, exactly. It's not fulfilling me. It doesn't add to my mission. Like watching, because I did, I used to watch Bachelor. I've watched it for the last three or four years. And it was fun and it helped me to zone out, but it added nothing to my life. Like Dan doesn't like to talk about it or watch it. I don't let my kids watch it. I don't know very many people who do. So it's not like I was talking about it within my circles or anything. It was not helping me fulfill my purpose. I'm not going into media or production or reality TV. So, and I'm not going to go on those shows. So it, it literally added nothing to my life. Well, it sounds like you've added a lot to your life this week by taking a few things away. So great job. Oh, I like that. So added to my life by taking things away. That's true. Less is more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you guys? Yeah. Johanna, a side salad. You want to put a little ranch dressing on it? Um, I'm thinking a little balsamic. Balsamic. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. um so I had this pile of clothes that I would add to um, every time one of my kids would grow out of something. And it was in my laundry room and I would just, you know, oh, she doesn't fit in that, add to it. I have two kids, so it was getting pretty big. And I've been adding to it for the last four or six months. And I was like, oh, I need to put that in their bins and save it for the next kid if we have more kids. And I just kept on procrastinating it and I just wasn't motivated to deal with it. And so this challenge came up and I was like, oh, I should tackle that. And I got really excited. And so I started going through it and organizing it and putting it away in the bins, then realizing that it's been enough time that the clothes that fit my oldest daughter, Olive, now my second daughter, Holland, fits in it. I was like, I don't have to put these away. I could just hang these up and put them in the drawers and stuff. And it was just a fun treat, but that area is now clean. And it's funny, I was thinking about this, what a difference it made. Um, I'm, I believe it was both of you that talked about this to me, that when you dwell on something, your body and your mind doesn't know the difference between doing it and not doing it, but you're just as exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so every single day I would walk by this pile and I'm like, oh, I need to get to it. And I would think about it. And I, I was just so exhausted from all the things I needed to do. 
and not accomplishing anything. So of course, not feeling good on top of that. Um, and then by accomplishing this one task, I got this energy to start cleaning up around my house. And I didn't even tell Caden about it, my husband, and he started cleaning around the house too. And so it was contagious and he just started cleaning and doing things. And I'm like, Ooh, I love this. (laughs) He picked up on that vibe. It was great. Um, so I love, I love the spring cleaning challenge because it totally did affect my mind. It totally did, um, motivate me to keep going. Um, and then we, we decided to go on a little errand together and we ended up having a really good conversation in the car. We all know those are amazing. Um, and we actually ended up talking about our self-worth, what we, what we're going on in our life and at work. And we're both kind of down on ourselves. And it was funny because he would say something and I would say, Oh, don't say that about yourself. And then I would say something and he's like, no, you're not. Don't say that about yourself. It was so cute. But um, we we decided that we need to come up with a way to help each other through it. And so now we actually did a little spring cleaning in our relationship and we are going to be checking up on each other and every single day and checking up on each other, making sure that we are building up our self-worth and making sure that we are keeping on track with our spring cleaning and staying balanced. Mm, I love that. How did you guys, how did you, what's your game plan for your marriage now? Um, I am going to tell you after Bertani tells us our experience because it ties in with our next dare and challenge. Ooh, I like this teaser. Uh, Yeah, I love this, Johanna. And I love that you were able to motivate your husband to get involved and to contribute and be collaborative in your efforts. It's always so much easier to carry a heavy load when you have someone to share it with. And this time you're actually unburdening yourself together, which is so beautiful. And so I'm so glad that that was your experience. Thank you. It it really does feel good. Like Mm. freedom. (laughs) Freedom. (laughs) I love it. Well, um, my, you know, last couple of weeks have been, you know, interesting. I, I did travel and it was so nice to see family and friends but I wasn't quite at a place to do the spring cleaning because I was living out of a bag, but I'd been thinking about it. And I was going to visit my work because there's a transition happening at my company. And so there was a spring cleaning, you know, forced upon us, like a a dumpster coming in and, uh, you know, being filled up with the things that maybe even I wanted. And so I had to deal with, uh, losing and and grieving things that I wasn't ready to give up. And I think that's an important thing to, to just note on that sometimes it isn't your choice to get rid of something, whether it be a loved one, a job, a opportunity, 
whatever it could be a thing maybe your favorite skirt got stained and you'll never get to wear that again uh, sometimes you're not ready to let go of things and that though it is a a sudden often a sudden and an unexpected event it also can free up space for the new the difference is, is there's often in time for a little bit of a transitional period. And, and so I've been going through this transitional period, trying to figure out my, my next steps where I want to grow within this bigger company, or do I want to go a different direction? So that's been on my mind this, you know, last week. And I really was putting off cleaning my bathroom because I talked about that and I knew it needed to be done. And I had been thinking about it. And like you said, Johanna, your brain doesn't know the difference between thinking about something and doing it. So I was exhausted about thinking about my makeup and shampoo bottles and all the things. Meanwhile, I come back from my trip and Jason has restocked our shampoo, our face wash, our body wash. And there's even more things that I was like, oh no, I was not ready for this. <laughs> so now I definitely have to do my spring cleaning. And so I decided, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to put on some music and I'm just going to start. And I started at first by taking like one shampoo, you know, bottle almost gone, you know, and setting it aside, one hair clip and setting it aside. And it was taking me all the live long day. And I didn't have that. I didn't have the energy, right? We only have so much energy. And sometimes we want to fix things one step at a time, little at a time. And I was getting nowhere. So instead I just took my arm in and took everything out, everything out of the shelves, everything out of the drawers and laid it all on the bathroom floor. And was like, cool, I have six of those. I do not need that. And it was really easy to pick up, you know, things that I don't use or don't need, uh, half used, you know, foundation brushes that broke that I don't use anymore. Face creams that actually make my skin look worse. Stuff that I don't know how it just got pushed back and pushed back. I was able to realign everything and, and put it into the, um, drawer and I had more space. So then I was like, Ooh, what can I fill in, in this new space? And then I decided we're just going to leave it. We're just going to allow ourselves to have some space and not have to fill every wall with something, not every drawer, every cupboard. And after doing that, I felt like, okay, now I can meal plan. And it started this whole process where I now felt capable to take on a new project. I've been wanting to spring clean my eating habits. Since traveling, I had been eating sugar every day and I needed to cut that habit. So I meal planned, went grocery shopping and planned out my meals, cooked all my meals. Then I was like, great, let me do my closet. And it just built one after another. And while I didn't have any relationships I necessarily needed to, to cut out, I was ever present of where I was inputting my time and my attention. So I was exhausted. I, I just spring cleaned all of these things. I was beat. And, you know, dealing with this transition at work, I, I'd been just kind of emotionally spent. So when someone asked me if I wanted to go out, 
I was like, you know, I really wasn't feeling like going out like, oh no, I understand. And so then I thought about it like, but this is someone that usually energizes me. This is someone who usually feeds my soul. I normally have a wonderful time when I see this person. So I decided to go out and I stayed out way later than I normally do and had a total and complete ball. And at the end of the night, like three in the morning, like out all night at the end of the night, we're all sitting around a table and we're complimenting each person around the table and telling them why we love them. And I just thought, this is why I came out. This is the worth, you know, this I'm giving to them and I'm receiving and I'm so glad I said yes. And that these are relationships that I I need to nourish and I don't want to get rid of. And then the next day, obviously a little tired, uh, I got asked to go out again by someone else. And I thought about it. I was like, they're nice. They're fun. But do they energize me? Do they feed my soul? Not really. And so I went to say, oh, sorry, I'm busy or not feeling good. And instead, I didn't want to lie, right? We're, we're living our life with intention and purpose. So instead, I said, I just need to stay in and I need to recharge. And so, no, I will not be going out, but maybe we can hang out in the future. And I felt so strong and empowered because they are a good person. And I would love to spend time with them, but not now not in this energetic space. So that was my spring cleaning um, this last week. Oh, I love that. Do you feel like saying those things? Like, do you feel relieved? Do you feel like, what, what what made you feel like you weren't being honest before? You know, I'm, I used to be a people pleaser and I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. And because I'm a strategic thinker, often I go, well, what will get my point across, but also be best for the other person? So what won't hurt them? You know, always try to consider other people's feelings and emotions. But often when we do that, when we respond in a way that anticipates what we perceive their response to be, we not only rob ourselves, but we rob them of an opportunity to speak their truth and to hold their space. So I've been working on that instead of, you know, oh, I'll make it easy on them and tell them I'm sick and they'll go, oh, feel better. Why, why would I rob myself of that opportunity and rob them of that opportunity of actually deepening our relationship by being authentically real and honest? I love that. It reminds me of a time that we were carpooling with this girl. Um, We got stuck in Boise. We were living in Salt Lake and the plane couldn't land and we got stuck in Boise and and we didn't want to wait for a plane. So we rented a car and we wanted to see if anybody else wanted to drive down with us and split the cost. And there was, and there was this girl there, typical Portland girl, cute short bangs and like high knee socks. And she was super cool. And and luckily she had driven for um, Uber. So she said, I'll drive the whole way. And it's like five hours or something. It's a, it's a long drive. And she as she was talking, she had talked about the same thing. She said, yeah, I'm just at the point in my life where I've I've cut out people because they weren't helping me get to the place that I want to be. They weren't energizing me. They weren't fulfilling me anymore. And there was nothing wrong with them. They were beautiful people, but I had to tell them like, sorry, I, I can't spend time with you right now. 
because I am headed in this direction and I need to be around people that will boost me up and help me get to that direction. And she said a lot of the people that she had talked to, their feelings were hurt because they were basically told that they weren't the ones helping her to get where she wants to be. But hopefully, and I know I didn't hear what happened because I never saw this girl again, but hopefully what happened was those people who felt butthurt in that moment would then start thinking, well, why aren't I doing that for that person? Why aren't I that person for her? And so hopefully that was a pivotal moment for them. And so you saying, you know, I can't hang out with you right now. Maybe that will help them to be introspective too and change their course for the better. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that's really important. You know, often we speak of the, the fear of missing out, you know, FOMO. But when I think of the fear of missing out, I think of future Britannia and the future that I could be missing out on, not what people are doing every Saturday night. Yeah, I love that. It's so true because I was actually having a similar conversation um, on my way home today with one of my lacrosse players, and she was saying that she needs to cut someone out of her life. Um just because the relationship isn't serving her anymore. She said that she does that a lot. She's like, God, they, I'm not having fun anymore, or they're just not interesting to me anymore. And she's like, I feel bad. Um, And I was thinking kind of on a defensive perspective, because my best friend uh, was very persistent in our relationship in high school. And I tried cutting her out several times and she's like, no, I want to hang out with you and you will hang out with me. And in that case, it was actually good for me because I just wanted to sit home and watch movies. And she's like, no, we're going to go out and do stuff. And I really appreciated it. Um, and so in some cases it's the opposite and it's good for you, but it's good to recognize when you need a break it's good to recognize are you progressing are you improving here and if not then it's it's time to change mm. well said i love that thanks for that challenge johanna that was a good one i thought it would mostly just be about cleaning physically but it ended up being like a good emotional experience so that was really good yeah i'll take the credit for that oh britannia sorry what am i top liver Sorry, Johanna's got the next. <laughs> you bring the meat and potatoes. Johanna's a side salad, and I'm chopped liver. Yep. I was thinking because Johanna's got the next there. Britannia, <laughs> you know I love you. That was. Um, but speaking of Britannia, I do want to point out the fact that you quoted me quoting you. <laughs> Yes, yes, Johanna, good point. That dwelling on things does exhaust you. Good, that's a good quote. Yeah, yeah whoever said that, whoever said that it is that you spend the same amount of energy thinking about something as you do doing it. I mean, brilliant. I mean, just just a brilliant mind. Oh, goodness. We didn't even come up with that anyway. Like, Britannia heard that somewhere, right? Like, yeah, I didn't invent it. But in my head, it came from you guys. I invented it. I created that thought. It's trademarked. (laughs) The great philosophers of this time. It's in my book called Meat and Potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) No, you're trapped liver. Oh, well, it's in Annika's book. She stole it. (laughs) 
Oh, so yeah, this was a good challenge and thank you for, for doing it. Um, like every week it's been uh, so exciting to watch us grow and progress. Um, so with that, Johanna, I believe you're up. Indeed. Um, so Annika asked me earlier what, um, Kaden and I ended up doing to help us each day. And we actually came up with a motto and a mantra to help us. And every single morning we talk to ourselves in the mirror to help us uh, to remind ourselves what our self-worth is. And so Annika, I actually heard that you like to be naked. Is what, what helps, how does that help you uh, have your self-worth? Yeah, so, <laughs> so does Britannia, first of all, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so in high school, I was, you know, chubby, and I had braces and glasses, and I didn't get a lot of attention from guys, and I thought it all had to do with my physical appearance, and I remember thinking, like, I'm a cool person. I don't understand why I'm not getting asked out. I also had a lot of things that I wasn't aware of, like, I wasn't putting myself out there. I didn't know how to flirt. I didn't know how to play the game. But I remember thinking like, they don't see what's under all this. Like, like I've got a good body. And I remember one way to help me, actually, it, sorry, it started in on stage with my director because I did theater in high school. And she had talked about this girl who had to kiss a boy that she wasn't attracted to on stage. And she was like, uh, the teacher was Miss McGuire, and she said, Miss McGuire, I don't know how I'm supposed to kiss this boy. Like, I, he is not my type. Like, I don't even know if I can act attracted to him. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, find something that you're attracted to. Like, maybe it's his hands, or maybe he smells good, or maybe he has good hair. Find something and fall in love with that thing. And that's what you will be talking to on stage as his wife, or whatever it was. And for I wasn't even part of that scene. I played like a Nazi that was on stage for five minutes. Like I sounds I right. Yeah, I that scene. But I took that. I, for some reason, I always remember that, and I applied it to myself. Where I would look in the mirror, and instead of looking at myself and saying, "Well, I'm I'm not attracted to myself. I'm not beautiful. I'm not this. I'm not that." I found one thing that I liked and I, and I looked at myself butt naked and I'm standing in the mirror and I would say, you know, I like the freckles on my shoulder and I like the color of my blue eyes. And I actually like that. I have very um, like milky pale skin. I think it's really pretty. I don't have a lot of uh, blemishes, which I really like. And I actually have strong legs and I would just go on. And and next thing I knew, I I changed my perception of my body and how that I actually liked it. And so I'm writing a book about it actually, because I want other people to do that same simple practice of looking in the mirror and finding that one thing they like. And if, even if it's just my left eyelash, like just find that one thing and it'll grow and then it'll open up and you'll start realizing you like more and more. So yeah, obviously I'm really passionate about it, but <laughs> long answer short. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love that. It and I'm so glad that you started with something small, you know, because sometimes saying like, oh, I love everything about me, that's really hard to do. So starting with that one thing is super cool. Yeah, um, 
Britannia, we all know that you like being naked. But um, so I'm actually going to ask you about you being a yoga instructor. You do mantras. You say things like, how does that help you and um, the people that you do yoga with? How does that help you feel balanced? Oh, I am such an advocate of self-talk. Uh, like Annika, I, I write about it. I talk about it all the time because I too have been on a journey and I used to have such a negative self-talk. So one of the reasons why I was drawn to being a yoga teacher is it holds space to help people heal themselves. Yoga is a modality that heals yourself. And while I can adjust you and let you know if you know you you can do different modifications. Uh, really, you're doing the yoga. And yoga is a lifestyle. It's a way of being. And it's a way of understanding that life is a practice. And so that's one of the things that I say is just, this is your yoga practice. And life is practice. And it's not perfect. And it's not supposed to be. And the same body that comes to the mat today is not the same body that comes to the mat tomorrow and the next day. And you need to give yourself grace. So in this moment, let's take a moment to give ourselves some love and some grace. And so I, I just I give them that space to focus in and create an intention. And sometimes I, I offer up an intention for them. Uh, like if we're doing a lot of heart openers, I talk about, I am enough. I, I am worthy. I am beautiful and I am capable and I am exactly who I'm supposed to be. So that's just another example of one of the things that we'll do in my yoga class. Mm, I absolutely love that. Um, and we, we need to say that. Um, it's interesting because a lot of the time we might feel like, what if I don't believe it? You know, what if I don't feel like I'm good enough? Why would I say that in the mirror if I don't believe it? What, what do you guys have to say about that? You know, it's fake it till you make it. <laughs> well, and you know, I have uh, mixed feelings about that phrase, fake it till you make it because you're not faking it if you're learning. Mm -hmm. The first time you bake a cake, is it perfect? No, you confuse teaspoons and tablespoons. You end up putting way too much salt in it. You know, it's not perfect, but it's still a cake. <laughs> and so you still baked kind of. <laughs> it can't be a salt cake. <laughs> it could be a salt cake. So I, I think there's this, um, this idea that you have to be an expert to be, do something. But in fact, until you start doing something, you'll never become an expert. So the way I define myself as a writer is not because I have a, a ton of books published, but I write almost every day. I'm a writer. Hmm. I love that. I love that you said that. You don't you're not an expert from the beginning, but you have to start somewhere. I absolutely love that. Yeah. People get in their own way because they think that like, I can't be X because I haven't done X or I don't have these credentials and something that dawned on me, I think it was last year that every life coach has a life coach. Every therapist has a therapist goes to therapy. 
doctors, go see other doctors. You can't perform surgery on yourself. And so you know, like, you have to remember that you, you don't have to be perfect to be what you want to be, to be a writer, to be a coach, to be a doctor, whatever it is. Like we're all learning. I, and I had a session with Sabrina recently, um, who's a life coach. And I asked her, I said, do you see a life coach? She goes, oh yeah, several. <laughs> and she, she's helping me and she doesn't have it all together. And it, that's okay. We don't have to, it's just easier to get help from other people because like when we have our hand right in front of us is what she told me. Cause I said, I'm helping people with their stuff, but for some reason I can't help myself with certain situations. She goes, yeah, because you're like this and it, you need another person that has an outside view to help. And she was just really good about it. So, but yeah, we don't have to be at a certain level. You don't have to be a professional. You don't have to get paid for what you're doing to call yourself what you want to be. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I yeah. love that because like we're in this life to help each other out. Right. Um, and as a lacrosse coach, I know I am not the best coach out there. I'm not even the best player out there. And a lot of the girls that I've coached are hands down better players than I ever will be. But, you know, I can coach them. I can see a different perspective and I can see what they need to work on. So though I can't shoot like another person can shoot on goal, I, I know what they can work on because I can see what they're doing. They can't see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that perspective. Thank you. Exactly. Um, so I was thinking about how, you know, mantras and, and mottos and how they help us. And I found that um, listening to mantras actually regulates blood pressure, the heart rate and brain waves and the adrenaline level. Um, I thought that was really interesting that by you know, saying these things and making these sounds to balance us, it does more than give us confidence, but it takes away that anxiety and makes us healthier. Um, but just like medicine, you need to, you need to be taking that or doing that every single day. So the dare, our challenge is to come up with a life motto after doing the spring cleaning, after, you know, creating that space for ourselves, it's time to have something that helps us stay on track. And so come up with a motto or two or three, maybe you need one for every area of your life. Um, But talk to yourself in the morning, in the mirror, every single day, and tell yourself that you're doing a good job. And maybe come up with the phrase that you need to come back to when you're kind of feeling down on yourself Mm. so can you will you guys come up with a motto and repeat it at least every single day yeah absolutely yeah I'm really excited I I think I'm going to do a couple like I always am trying to do you know a bunch of different things but I've been focusing on the different areas in my life And I think maybe I'll have an overarching one, but also I contribute a lot of my worth to my productivity. And so I'll have a mantra that's like, oh, I am accomplishing enough. And, and while that is good, I think it's also important to have, I am enough. 
Um, so I might need do a couple to help fill the gap um, in my life and to fulfill my needs. So I'm, I'm excited to look in the mirror and uh, create more of my life. Yay. That makes me happy. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what we come up with and how our week goes and how it's going to shift us just in one week. I know. Yeah, this is so good. Thank you so much, Hannah. This has, you. this has been another wonderful episode with the Dare to Try podcast, where we continue to challenge ourselves and you to grow, to learn, and to create your reality. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.